Hello and welcome to Game of Thrones, a podcast where we are rewatching Game of Thrones an episode at a time. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, our very own Mountain, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And we are up to season six, episode eight. No one. Yeah, where has uh, the season gone? It's gone super fucking quick, isn't it? That's mad. Super mental. Particularly like given there's been some shit. I mean, there's been a lot of good stuff, but there's been some shit this season as well. Um, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, I mean, aside from last week, I don't think there's been too much like meh this this season. So maybe it's yeah. just either been really good or really bad. Um, I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking flown. Um, it's we are, a clip. It really has. We are much closer to the end than the beginning now. Right. <laughs> It doesn't feel like it. Um, the way no, this there's is going. The, the, the war, the war's still to come. Feel like there's no, there's, there's a lot still to endure. Yeah, there really is. Um, but yeah, let, let's let's dive into this episode then. Um, first and foremost, I mean, this is a fucking opening right here. This is yeah, how you do it. Finally, opening. finally. Um, shame it's for the actual play. Um, and it's it's just weird how this fucking meta play that's going on understands how to do an opening better than the fucking show does. Oh um, well, yeah, it's very very odd. But this is this is on par with the best openings we've ever had in the show. I think this is it's, like it's up there, isn't it? It's a proper opening. Like we're you know we're coming in like right at the end of a scene, essentially not even the middle of a scene. Yeah. Um, grabs our attention straight away. Um, yeah, really really fucking good. Um. Mm. And then, uh, obviously, we we open essentially where we left off last week. Uh, we we open at the play first, and then there's Arya's made a way back there. Um, now, isn't it fucking amazing how some bandages can cure massive blood loss? Like, I didn't know that was all you needed to do. You know, just put some bandages on it. It's fine. Yeah, well, I mean, she, um, Lady Crane does say that she you know, she used to poke holes in her lovers and put them back together. So, you know, maybe she's a really good fucking seamstress. Maybe she shouldn't be an actress. Maybe she should be making costumes instead. I mean, miracle worker is what she is, given the state on Arya last week, I would say. <laughs> um, but, yeah, apparently some magic bandages and all is good. Um, and and we, some really fucking opium heavy milk. Uh, yeah. Um, it, this, this scene with her and Arya, though, is... I mean, it's nice, but fucking hell it goes on, doesn't it? It's yeah. much, much longer than it needs to be. Yes. Um, I, I just don't know why we need this much of it. I just... No, that, that's the thing. I mean, we get all this stuff about, oh, you should come with us. We're, well, no, we need a new actress because she fucking acided the other one or whatever she did to her to, to maim her face. So we don't need any of that, really. No, we, we have just... that later on. I mean, the, the, they, they do interact again later on. So why not have it then? Yeah, it, surely there's far more urgent need to patch her up than think there so. is to try and you know, get a job out of her. Yeah, I mean, it's say the, the scene is fine, um, but it's it just goes nowhere and it's way too long. Um, what is much more interesting is where we go next. And I love, 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 love the hounds rampage that he goes on. Yeah. It's, it's fucking <laughs> incredible. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, he's got one of the. I mean, it's so great to have him back, isn't it? I've, I yeah. kind of because he's been gone for so long, you kind of do almost forget about him. And there's just these, like, you get some real quality one-liners from him. One of my favorites we've had all season is where he's killing the guy, and he says, "You're shit at dying." You know that? Yeah. Well, I mean that that whole exchange between the two of them, where um, obviously he swings the axe upwards, catches him from you no know, from the groin, and disembowels him. And the, no, the guy's response is, as he could barely speak, is "fuck you." He said, "Fuck you." That's the yeah, best you die. You're about to die, and that's the best you can do. And the guy stumbles over the word "cunt," and he's yeah. like, "You're shit at dying." That exchange is straight out of our fucking playbook. It's unnecessary swearing. 
Oh, and yeah, completely, completely trivialising the fact that he's murdering him. Yeah, um, great. Just fucking love Beautiful. this scene. Love this scene. It's, it's so well done. Um, I really have missed the hound. I didn't realise how much until now. Like I, I said, to we be can... honest, I hadn't, re- I hadn't missed him at all until we saw him last week. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. But even when we saw him last week, we talked about how kind of weirdly structured that episode was. Yeah. And, and you, do, you do still kind of feel that here. Um, this, is, this is great, this rampage, but it doesn't doesn't necessarily pay off in the way that it should. He does, um, you know, when when we get the the discussion between him um, and um, Beric and all of them later on, we do, we do get the feeling that, you know, he 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 tells us verbally that he's been to a place of peace, essentially, you know, when yeah. he, he thought he put it all behind him, but we didn't see that. Yeah. So that doesn't count. Um, we, we've said that in the show before, you know, you should always show and not tell. And the, the Hound just narrating to us that that's what he was feeling is lazy, clumsy writing. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like it, it takes something away from this. But nevertheless, the scene itself is great. I'll just take the scene for what it yeah. is. And it's fucking awesome, murderous rampage. Yes. with some really great one liners. Um, so really, really good stuff. Um, quite happy with that. Um, then is, is it here we get the scene of the being hanged? No, it's not. It's later no, on. Later. Isn't it? It's later, later on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then we're over to Tyrion and Varys um, yeah. parting ways. And now this is this is weird. This this scene struck me as weird. So we go over to Tyrion and Varys, and, and they're parting ways, and it feels like it's being played as this huge, massive moment for the show. That the two yeah, we're going to go their separate ways, but it just isn't. Um, I, well, I, I don't... they they had the, they. We had the bits of the start of season five where we found out that um, oh, so they were on the ship together and Varys got him, got him away from, from Westeros. So we had what should have been this start of this big old fucking um, buddy cop road movie bromance effort. But that never materialized because Jorah kidnapped him. And then by the time they were reunited at Marine, that had all kind of gone by the wayside. They never really picked up that relationship again. No, well, that that's how I felt here. It feels like clearly they they spent time together before you know any of this even kicked off like they, yeah. they're in the same area like and, and we get that they have a uh, quite a close friendship but i feel like the two of them and, and you just hit the nail quite succinctly on the head because it's exactly what i've written here the two of them haven't been on enough of a journey together they've not really sort of faced peril or been no. in danger together for them to to grow this really intense bond so for them to just be parting ways is a bit like yeah see you later mate yeah Ta-ra. i'm off to the pubs here yeah, and that's all it feels like. Now, you know, when we get another parting of ways between them in two seasons' time, it feels a lot weightier. Because yeah, I was going to say, there's meat on that, there's weight to it. Because they've spent that much more time together then, and there's and that it means much more something at stake. As well, because, I mean, there's, at, this, at this point, why is Varys going anywhere? Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Because when it happened, I was like, hang on, what's happening here? What, what have I, what yeah, have what I missed? Have I missed? Yeah, um, so it... There's a lot in this episode and next. In fact, there's a lot from here on out now until the end of the season. There is a lot that just feels like manoeuvring. Yeah. And this this is part of that. This feels like, okay, we know that this show is ending now. We know where we want to get to. So we need to just move the pieces around the board. Yeah. And that's what it feels like. This feels functional more than anything. Yeah, yeah we need um, him to do something else. So we, we just need to move him on. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I... I, I watched it last night, um, and I was I was looking at it, and I thought, okay, he's going. Hang on, where's he going? Why is he going? What? And I ended up winding the scene back and watching it again, and I'm still none the fucking wiser. Yeah, no, neither am I. It's, it's very, very strange. It, it feels a little bit like, 
Um, although, th- although this was handled much better because he had something to do and we understood it. But it feels a little bit like when we needed to get uh, Sam out of King's Landing last season so that Jen yeah. could be assassinated. Yes. It wouldn't have happened if Sam was there. So it, it, it's the same kind of thing. It's just like we need to move him on. Tyrion needs to be on his own for a bit to allow us to move this story forward. Um, it's clumsy and, and it doesn't feel anywhere near as weighty or accomplished as it should. So it no, is a I mean, complete like even, just throw it in the bin scene for me. Yeah, even Tyrion's part in line. Um, well, Var- Varys says, oh, I'm going on a secret mission. I can't really be walked to the dock by you know, Marine's most fa- oh, the most famous dwarf in Marine. And Tyrion finds out oh, the most famous dwarf in the world. It's a nice moment, but it doesn't mean anything. It hasn't. No. They haven't earned it. And that was what frustrated me because, again, it's – and we talk, we've talked about this so many times with, with, um, with this show that – there, there, are, there are things they do, and when they do them well, you, you you absolutely feel it and you absolutely notice it. But for every one they do well, they do five really poorly. Yes. And this just feels like they, they've sort of half-arsed this. The line is good, but it's almost as if they've borrowed it from somewhere else because they couldn't wait to use it. Yes, definitely. It is just like, oh, this is a really good line. Let's shoehorn it in. And yeah, the scene it's, it's, in general. It's the on-the-page on version of shooting your load too early. Yeah, and the scene in general just feels like that as well. As I say, you know, we get a much better revision of this scene yeah. later in in the show's run um here it just felt weird and out of place like you could have moved varis on without this scene between him and Tyrion at this point yeah like i don't i don't i don't see why we we had to have this scene between the two of them but nevertheless have it we do um and then we're over to the fucking sparrows storyline again but yes. i like this scene Yes, so do I, very much. And this is the type of stuff that should have happened a season and a half ago when this storyline should be over and done with by now because Cersei fronting up to him here is fucking awesome. And, it, it, you know, it, it's awesome and I love it, but it doesn't quite get the kind of ear punch moment from me that I feel like they're reaching for because it's yeah. more of a, like, thank fuck, finally, yeah. than it is a, yes, go on, girl, you know, because it's, like, literally... Yeah, how long have we been saying just look let the mountain loose like he'll fuck them all up well and this is it, it. i mean we said, when, we, when we first saw him a couple of weeks ago um i a couple of weeks at the start of the season um where he was just roaming the streets looking for people who were disparaging cersei to disembowel yeah that's what no that's what he should have done he just walked in no, he's an abomination anyway just walk into the set and start ripping fucking throats out yeah exactly and you know it's it's great to see that she's finally got that message i still feel actually um, she's great in the scene, don't get me wrong, particularly I Choose Violence. She delivers that line wonderfully. Yes. Um, like we've talked about how much of a pantomime villain she becomes. And yeah, I mean, that that's what she is, is here saying I Choose Violence. It's a mustache twirling line, but she yeah. just absolutely she is just smacking her lips over it. She is just delivers it with utter relish. It's great. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even here, I feel in general in the scene, she's playing it with a little too much fear um like this would have been better if she had just you know excuse the rather crass analogy but if she had just walked out with her cock swinging and just yeah. been like come on motherfuckers well this is and this is what she should have been because i mean the whole thing no she's in she's in her chamber and kyburn comes up and says oh the high because he's not high sparrow anymore he's the high septum they've changed it now yeah um don't fucking know why um but the second one said, "Oh no, he's he sent for you." And she's like, "No, if he wants to see me, he can come here." So yeah. she's she's full of it there, and then she comes downstairs. And it's almost like, "Hang on, you're you're still in my house, you bastards." Yeah, she you're not fucking definitely... threatening me. You're not coming to my home and threatening me. 
this is what happens if you do. Yeah. But instead, she's like, there's almost this thing of, oh, they're going to take me back, knowing yeah, full there's... well that she's got fucking Frankenstein behind her. It, there's, there's, it's a weird off-kilter balance to this scene. There really is. Like, she should mm. be just give, going for it all guns blazing. Um, she, and to, to, to quote a great movie, does. she should be giddy as a fucking schoolboy at this yes. point. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, but it's... I feel like it's almost a scene of two halves. It's almost like they've got two completely different takes yeah. and cut them together, and they've well, gone for something I mean, different in both. To be fair, the Wonder Twins did write it, so that is entirely possible. Yeah, it is entirely possible, yeah. Um, but who knows? Uh, and, and points for reference in Muppet's Christmas Carol, if nothing else. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, it's, it's great. You know, the, the, the mounted dealing with them is great. The fear on their face is great. Everything about the scene is great. It's just weird how she seems to play it with fear. And also, you know, when we do get I Choose Violence, why don't she just kill every single fucking one of them? Well, they'll just run away, like, don't they? Like a bunch of pussies. I know, but why? Why? I mean, okay, you leave one alive to deliver your message. That's standard practice, yeah? But Yeah, you say you send fuck. it back to the seven with a, a basket full of heads. Yeah, I mean, you, you leave Lancel alive, don't you, just because of who he is. But you, yeah. everybody else should just be pulp. Yeah, but the other thing I did like actually was, I mean, it's the first time we've actually seen the mountain do much. I mean, as I know, when we first saw him, he was um, he was um, just out cracking skulls. But this is the first time we've actually seen him do anything with any sort of pseudo intelligence or anything that that, that is, is done for a reason. Yeah, yeah, um, and for and a big booty, fucking moves. Actually, for a big corpse, he fucking moves. Yeah, uh, especially when you consider how he used to move in life. Um, yeah. You know, see back to well, where we were talking well, that about. that was a different mountain. Life. That was a well, different Well, I know, mountain. I know, but the that character's was the two, same. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. The character's the same, though, isn't it? Um, well, well, maybe so, when Kaipun was, was fixing it, maybe he gave him some new nerves and shit, so he actually moves a bit better. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's like a fucking Zack Snyder zombie now, isn't he? He's super fast yeah. and stuff. So, like, whatever, I'll buy it. He's undead. If, if the fact that he moves quicker is, is a problem, then... You know, bigger problems, let's be fair. Yeah, I think so. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all good. Um, over with Jamie and Bron and Pod and Brienne now as well, which we alluded to last week. Um, yeah. some really, really good stuff here. Uh, not least uh, of it, just Bron talking to, to Pod. And if anybody, if anybody else, and we've said this about Bron before, if anybody else was saying these words, if they were coming out of the mouth of any other character in this show, I would be jumping all over them. I go like, oh, this is just no need for that. It's just, it's yeah. just disrespect. But Bron just has this wonderful way of just being such a crass bastard um, yeah. and, and just carrying it off with utter charm and being inoffensive about it. I was, I was going to say, though, I was, I was say he, he is so fucking charming with it. Like, even when he's, no, he, you know, he sneaks up behind Pod and sticks his arm around his neck and all that. No, no, they, they have a bit of a play fight. All of this sort of stuff, it's it's done with you know the the utmost shithousery. Yes. And then you get to the point he's like, Well I'll tell you she's teaching you to fight, tell you what, show me what show me what she's done. And even then, you know, he's he is taking the piss, but he's also teaching him a lesson, which he was doing when they were both with Tyrion as well. So the whole thing of you know, go check your stance and he looks down, he slaps him like assume every cunt wants to hit you, because I yeah. want to hit you. And yeah. it's what but it's, it's one of those on the surface it's it's just him being a dick and you know, having a laugh at his expense. But actually they, because of what they've been through, no, especially when they were with Tyrion, there's there is this bond, there's this affection. Whereas if there wasn't, he wouldn't give them the fucking time of day. Let's be fair. Yeah, and I think I think that's why he gets away with the stuff like, and yeah. specifically the stuff that's distasteful. More stuff like, well, I'd fuck her. 
like if that was if that was there's only i think two ways you you get away with a conversation like that one is that it's old friends essentially like this this is you know and you can paint this in under gender politics any way you like okay but you put two guys together in the presence of reasonably attractive women and they are going to have a conversation about whether they would fuck her or not that's that's just life Okay, so let, let's park our gender politics. All right, nobody come at me for that, right? Just accept this universal fact of life, right? Guys are going to talk about fucking, yeah? And not yeah. just women. Guys will talk about fucking anything, all right? Yeah. See our entire back catalogue to listen to me <laughs> talk about fucking just about anything and everything for I don't know how many hours by this point, all right? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not claiming that it's right or big or clever. That's just what we do. And actually, I think that's really well observed via Bron and his relationship to people because he 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 is as you say everything's done with a shit-eating grin it's like a yeah. shithouse and he's he's not bothered to say these things he's he's that kind of that's his character he's this crass brigand so he can get away with it um so you can get away with it that way and they do here expertly and the other way you get away with it i think is is for it to be non-entities for it to be two guards or whatever just having a conversation yeah i think it's, it's the porters in Macbeth, isn't it yes exactly exactly which is a well-established um dramatic trope as you say it's yeah. it's it's something that you do just to to lighten the mood a bit um i don't think you'd get away with this if it was for instance Tyrion and jamie or if it was john and anybody else. it's yeah. it's very specific but it works beautifully well um but it just bronze always a delight isn't he yeah exactly um, so it works really well. He he gets away with it and pulls it off. Uh, and then we get into the Jamie and Brienne scene and pitting the two of them against each other. It makes for just real good drama. You know, when when last we saw them, they were leaving on good terms. Yeah. Um, and I you think know, that's the thing is they are still on good terms. I mean, yes, you don't you don't. She is There's far mutual less respect. Yeah, I mean, she is far less stern when talking to him than she is to most people. And he is far less of a dick when speaking to her because you know, they ha- they have that experience. Now. She you know he he could have left her for dead in the bear pit. He could you know, he could have let them rape and torture and murder her, but instead he lost his hand trying to trying to protect her. So you no, know, they they've been through all this together. Um, and again, it's you no know, some of the relationships you see in the show they're built on far lesser foundations than this one. So it's good that you know, when they do interact because you know, they probably didn't expect to see each other again at opposite ends of the of the kingdom and all the rest of it. And it's just so fucking awkward because you know we've all been in that position where there's somebody you have no somebody you're friends with you haven't seen for fucking years and you don't really know what to say because the bond you had mate no the bond is strong but the the commonality isn't there anymore yeah and it's, again this, I'm talking about well observed no, well observed scenes I think this is another one yeah it definitely is you know we talked about Varys and Tyrion earlier on and how they don't have that kind of heightened relationship that yeah. only really gets forged. When you go through some shit with another person, like there yes. is a very specific type of relationship that can be forged by that, um, and and that that will last for life. But yeah, the commonality may may drift away, and that's exactly what this is. You know, these two people, at various points over the course of this six year run now, have bailed each other out of the shit countless times. Neither of them would be stood there were it not for the other one. So they will always have that between them, and then to to kind of pit them against each other in this kind of you know they won't have a sword fight they won't call each other out they will just very clearly draw their lines in the sand and just say look i'm on this side of the fence you're on that side of the fence yeah maybe there's a chance that maybe one of us may have to kill the other and and they'll begrudgingly accepting that that makes for great drama what yeah. also what this scene also does very deftly and in fact this is one of it's certainly the best in recent memory but it's one of the best 
uh, scenes for handling exposition I think I've seen yeah. this show do because all of the exposition just naturally comes out in their argument because yeah. they pit them against each other because we know the history none of this feels clumsy they're just able to go well I'm on this side because of this and then the other one's able to counter with yes but you need to be on this side with me because of this and I won't budge and they just have a very natural real argument which gives yeah. us everything we need to know about this storyline that's going on with the Blackfish that's about to wrap up great it's excellent scene and of course both of them are as always fantastic together and yeah. just fantastic in the scene so i've i've nothing bad to say about this chunk of the show here and, and in fact this whole blackfish arc you know since it started we've done nothing but sing its praises yeah, this is all my only, very very well the only thing i don't like about this particular arc is that it's far too quick compared to some of the horseshit we've had over the last two years Oh, it really is, yeah. And you know, in terms of quick arcs, we'll we'll really go to town on that next week, probably. Yeah. Um, but you know, even then, you know, when when we start to wrap it up, you know, the next scene we get this scene with uh, Brienne and the Blackfish, kind of walking and talking, yeah. which you know, for those for those listeners out there who may not be as as technically minded as we are, I'm sure most of our listeners are because we we talk technicality quite a lot in this show. Um, walking and talking is just flat out one of the most difficult things to handle. Not just, I mean, you'll hear actors tell you all the time that it's difficult, but for everybody on that set, walking and talking is a fucking nightmare. Especially okay. with that many people around as well, because I mean, yes. the, the general choreography is going to be an absolute twat. Yeah, everything about it. Your blocking is a nightmare. Your lighting is a nightmare. Your continuity is a nightmare. Health and safety is a fucking nightmare. Well, that, that was never a fucking consideration on this show well, anyway. Apparently it? not. Everything with walking and talking is a fucking nightmare. But what a fucking amazing job they do of it here. Like the pace that it injects into their conversation. Yeah. And I was going to say, I mean, it's a very pacey interaction as well. I mean, you, oh, normally, really normally when you have people walking and talking, it's normally Tyrion and Varys. One's got very short legs and the other one just um, walks like he hasn't got a dick. So it, anytime you have that, it's always very slow. They, you know, they're strolling around gardens. They're walking. You know, they're walking. Well, there's that. The they're in, court. They're, they're in open time, spaces. Yeah. Yeah. This time they're in a tight space. All kinds of fucking hell are breaking loose everywhere and in the scene. You've got people everywhere. You know. I mean, and no, as from from a scene point of view, you've got you no. Know, you've got people everywhere who are in the middle of a siege who will be fucking panicking who, and will be looking at battle stations and wondering, hang on. This fucking Amazon has just walked in. How did that happen? Is this a trap? Are they now going to follow her through the door? So all of a sudden, there's all this stuff going on. And you could know the energy in this scene is high anyway. But the fact that they move so quickly and so synchly and so uh, synchronously is absolutely brilliant. And I think that we spend a lot of time ragging on the show. We, we, know, we do occasionally rag on the lighting, the blocking, the movement, the direction, everything here has been worked out to the nth degree. It's phenomenal. It is, it is absolutely top-notch work, this. Like, really, really good. It do, it, and it does everything that it sets out to do. It injects pace and energy into the scene. It feels frenetic. You know, and even the route they take, you know, they they could have this scene and they could have done it in a much easier... They could have just been walking along the battlements and then you could have had one long track, which is what you yeah. similarly get, you know, quite often with Tyrion and Varys. But no, no, no. We'll go down cramped stairways. We'll round corners. We'll we'll really pile the pressure into the scene and put them yeah. in small spaces together. Really, really well planned out. Excellent stuff. Like, yeah. this, this whole chunk here is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, then we're over to King's Landing with this with this announcement that's going on that Cersei knows nothing about. Um, she plays this scene exceptionally well. She, um, and, and the guy who plays um, her uncle as well plays it very well. Um, yeah, just the, the interaction where he's like, uh, "Where do you think you're going?" I stand by my son. 
no, no, you go over there. And no, there's an announcement. Why wasn't I told? There's about to be an announcement right now, where you are. And again, it's just the most fucking smug, sanctimonious twat. But yeah. because, of, because of everything we've been through with Cersei, everything we've seen Cersei do, again, there's kind of thing that actually, when people are dicks to her, you think she's kind of got it coming? Yeah, there's that. And it's also that you know, again, it's, it's beautiful drama. You know as an audience member, having seen her rise to the occasion yeah. more than once, you know that he's going to get what's coming to him. Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, it's been slight after slight, the fact that you know, they, they walked out of the small council meeting when she walked in, um, all this sort of stuff. It's, yeah, it's it's it's, it's masterful into it now, and, but you, you, know, you know something's going to happen, but it's just nice to see her get put in her place once in a while. Yeah, it, it, and it's it's specifically, like, all of that is good, but when I say she plays it so well, what, what really stood out to me in this scene, it's just one of those moments where it's just, like, it's mic drop, you know, I just need to, yeah. like, slow clap for Cersei here at this point, you know what I mean? Just put everything else down and take a minute to revel in how wonderful she is. Because, again, it's one of those things where so much is conveyed without without speech and the reaction shot of her after the announcement yeah where there's just this kind of oh fuck all right then um and, and it's ever so subtle but it's like she absolutely knows now that it's past the point of no return and she is going to have to unleash hell and yeah. there is going to be collateral damage yeah. and it's that kind of just begrudging acceptance on a face of like right fuck you all then yeah this is what it's gonna this be. is what you want yeah you you've pushed me to this i didn't yeah. want to do this I've yeah tried you brought to it on nice. yourselves yeah i yeah she I, she plays it expertly i think yeah. um and then we get uh another totally pointless scene with Tyrion, grey worm and Missandei, and but just like the last one, it's totally pointless. But it's so just charming and funny that I'm just all yeah. right. I'll watch this. It, it's completely pointless, but it is really funny. I mean, when when we get to the punchline of that is the worst joke I've ever heard. Uh, just yeah. it's hilarious, absolutely hilarious. Um, so that's really really good stuff. Uh, but it, I've, I've nothing really to say about it other than it was very funny. Oh, and of course we get the return of the honeycomb and the jackass. Um, yeah, which we haven't. It's been a while. Um, it, since, it has. Yeah, I'm been, still. Oh, I still want to know what the fucking punchline is. Well, that's the point, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's the point. So but it's, it's, it's 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 the it's probably my biggest frustration with the show is of all the things they left open, that's the one I actually care about. Yeah, um, <laughs> inquiring minds need to know. So yeah. good, nice little distraction. Um, mm. But it, it's weirdly placed because actually the next scene I think would have married up with the scene before it quite well. Um, and I mean, we, we've talked about how good some of the scenes are in this episode already, but this one, this one between Edmure and, and Jamie, yeah, my god, like this one is just over, like over the top good, like crazy good, even for this, even for this show when it's good, like, yeah, everything is like firing on all cylinders here. The performances are top notch, the writing is top notch. Like we we get callbacks, you know. Jamie calls back to ah the things we do for love, you know, and things like that. They know exactly what they're doing here. Um, yeah. Jamie, true to his character as well, you know, he just lays his character bare here, where he says only Cersei. Yeah, you know, just he, again, you know, when we come to have discussions at the wrap up of the show, which we inevitably will. I like this is a hill I will die on if I have to. Like JB made the right choice for his character at the end. Yeah. Like Cersei's in trouble. He's going to her side. There is no two ways about it. That has been his constant all the way through. Yeah. Um, the most surprising but, thing for me in this scene actually was, uh, I mean, we, we always talk about um, Nicola Castle Walder and how good he is and how 
how well his character reads and everything else. But um, Tobias Menzies, who plays Edmure, we we've ragged on him quite a lot. He was when we saw him certainly seasons two in season two, uh, when he first started off when he was introduced, he was wooden as all fuck. He was no, he was a Trojan yeah. horse. Yeah. Um, and he is really growing out. And in this scene, I've got to give him credit. He was absolutely incredible. The pair of them were incredible. They bounced Just, off each other really well. It's a fantastic scene. I mean, it, it calls to mind, and it, I, maybe it's just because of the setting and everything as well, but it just calls to mind that, that scene from um, a couple of seasons ago now, I think, between Jamie and Tyrion, where it's just the two of them just laying the characters bare. Yeah. And, and this is obviously, you know, got a slightly different skew to it because they're on opposite sides. Um, but it's that kind of thing. You know, Edmure cuts straight through Jamie's armour straight away. He cuts straight to his core as soon as he sees him. And he's like, how do you live with yourself? Yeah. Which and is even, even after, you know, yeah, even after when um, when Jamie started doing the thing, saying, "No, you have a son, I hear. You know, you can, you know, I'll, I'll set you up at um, at Castle Rock or High Garden or wherever it was. He'll have the best tutors. He'll learn to be a knight and all the rest of it. And he's and he's you no, know, he's he's trying to you no, know, he's trying his best. And we saw this last week as well, where the fr- the phrase we're going to fucking hang him. And he said, "No, he's our pr- he's our prisoner. We don't torture our prisoners. We treat them with respect." And Edmure cuts through it straight away and says, do you, th- do you actually think you're a decent person? Yeah, which, and, is, which is central to Jamie, as we've yeah. said before. Like, he's seen straight through him. It, it is, and you get that, and you get the exchange between them. And then Jamie's, Jamie's retort, actually, is, again, it's really on point, is that it just reminding him that, actually, yes, just because I'm showing you respect doesn't mean that you have any sort of power here. And it's like, did they say this was a negotiation? And he just carries on reading off all the shit that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and it's 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 like no Edmure gets that no gets one up on him for about half a second, and then Jamie just kicks legs out from under him again. Yeah, and it and it's almost like the kind of the I mean Edmure clearly hits the nerve as you say when he says do you, yeah. you know how do you live with yourself? Do you think you're a good person? These are things that are. This is Jamie's whole quest, you know, and and as we've said, and and it's going all the way back to the kind of uh, the bath scene. Yeah, with with Brienne, you know, this has always been the thing with Jamie. Is like, actually, he's not a cunt, like, and never has been. Yeah, like, he, he's he, always he's not the Kingslayer. He's not the one who stabs people in the back just for the no, fun. no. He's just got this reputation which is undeserved, and he's going to spend the rest of his life working to get rid of that reputation. So for Edmure to come out and cut him straight to the core like that, that that I think that just feeds beautifully then into him. Yeah, coming back with both barrels, absolutely laying it bare. And more than anything, just when we get essentially the the punchline in the next scene then, and you find out that he's he's basically just won the entire battle without drawing his fucking sword. He's just walked in there and and been a Lannister. He's been Jaime Lannister, essentially. He's got a silver tongue and he's used it. Like, he hasn't had to draw his sword. And that's that's the honourable thing to do. Like, only, as far as we know, there was only a handful of casualties. Like that's yeah, that's not I mean, honourable. I don't know what is. Well, I mean, not only that. I mean, this is a side to Jamie that it's grown because I mean, in the first couple of seasons we did see him very quick to sword. I mean, you had the altercation outside the brothel with Ned, mm. um, and that started off. It was right, okay. I'm going to fight you because I'm going to fight you. And then it's only when somebody intervenes on his behalf and he's like, "No, it's not. No, it's not clean. No, it's not honourable. So now I can't finish it. Now I can't win because if I win now, if I kill him now, it's because of you." Yeah, and instead he kills he kills his his man, um, and yeah, it's 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 showing that no Jamie is changing, and it's not it's I I don't think it's just because he lost his hand. I no, mean, it's that's not, a big part of it. But I mean, not. it's uh, his character is changing. His character is evolving to a point where he is, as you said, he's trying to be that that person everyone thinks he's not. Yeah, and so I, to, to get away from a siege where they're talking, they've got enough food to last a year, and they'll burn him out if they have to, and all this sort of shit we had last week, and actually he finishes it. 
and it might as well be with, with a stroke of a pen. Yeah, it's 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 just excellent. Really, really, really solid, strong writing. Yeah. Really, really solid character work for him. Yeah, it comes back stuff. to the conversation with um, with Brienne as well, where she's like, "If I can get him to, if I can get him to surrender, you know, give me your word, you will let them go. You yeah. won't, you won't just kill them all." And again, it's it's that sort of thing where historically, I don't think Jamie would have done that. Whereas, no. oh, and whether it's whether it's the time he spent in you know, being Catelyn's um, prisoner or the time he spent on the road with Brienne or losing his hand or losing two of his children, something is, something in him has clicked all of a sudden. And now he's like, right, OK, I'm, I can't carry on living my life as, the, as people see me. I've got, to, I've got to be better than that. And this is, this is probably the best example we get of that for quite a long time. I think it's all of those things, which is what makes it such a natural feeling progression. You know, it's, it's, it's not like sometimes we get in this show where a character will just 360 for no reason at all. Yeah. This is something that's happened gradually over the course of the show. So it's all of those things as is forming, as is the stuff with Tyrion, you know, and helping Tyrion escape. It's, all of this is just, is all building up to this kind of redemption for him. Um, and it's, it's just... I've said it before, and I, I, I'll continue to say it until the end of the show. I think his character is the, the best handled in the show, yeah, uh, start to finish. He, he's when, always treated with the utmost respect, and you always know where he's going. Yeah, when we talked about this in our very first episode, when we were looking at episode one, um, I didn't agree with you. Um, but ha- having now gone through the rewatch, I think you're absolutely spot on with that. They're always true north with his character. We understand exactly who he is, where he's going, what he needs to do. And he grows along with that. Yeah. But we understand why he makes every decision that he makes. And you can't say that for any other character in the show, I don't think. Not even John. No, I, I mean, a lot of the time you can with John. But sometimes there are some absolute fucking absolute bonehead moves which, yeah. which don't sit with the character. And we've talked about those a few times already. Yeah. So, as always, just he continues. Jamie continues to be wonderful. Um, no surprise <laughs> there. Um, the only thing I will say about this story, I, I love the fact that he wins the battle without drawing the sword. That's all really good. But... After all the work that we had to make Blackfish credible, yeah, um, and we had some really good work to make him credible. We talked about the, you know, the discussion they had, uh, sort of out on the on the drawbridge. Um, yeah. It is a shame for him to just be killed off screen. But, it is. but then I kind of get it. We got to move on, and also that leaves a bit of a sour taste with the whole Jamie thing. It kind of takes away from the fact that he's done all of this without death. If it's just spoken and we don't see it, then it washes over us a little bit better, I suppose. Yeah, and I was so, going to say, I mean realistically we've spent that little time with blackfish over the no i mean we haven't seen him since red wedding but even before that we only saw him in dispatches what three or four times yeah so he's he's not an important enough character for us to really feel his death yeah no i think i think it's fair enough yeah but uh if, to me again it just felt like, yeah, like doing the, it off screen always feels cheap regardless of the intention it always feels cheap and again you know i guess they don't want to go here with jamie because they kind of want to do a more natural progression and i guess we shouldn't ever be shown anything this literal with him but it's always been the thing of if you pass the sentence you swing the sword and that is the height of honor so if if jamie had you know been able to take his head off but as i say that doesn't leave him without blood on his hands then so no. i guess i understand it a nice moment with brienne rowing away as well yeah. just giving him an awkward little wave like see ya Bye. Well, I said, I mean, realistically, with, with pod rowing, they could have they could have caught him on foot within about twenty yards. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, again, it's it just it kind of it rings back, it harks back to that scene between the two of them earlier, and, and even what Bron was saying to Pod about you know, the, the fact that they you know, they would probably give them the given half a chance to fuck each other is that 
there is this you know, this mutual respect, this mutual admiration. And we had a thing earlier on with the sword, which we didn't talk about it, uh, either way. Yes. You're supposed to give it back, and he's no, no, no. You, that's that's yours. You've earned it. Now it's 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 yours. It's always it's always going to be yours. Um, so I mean that that all kind of harks back to well. so the fact that yes, okay, he could quite easily send people after them to kill them. He doesn't need to, and moreover, he doesn't want to. And so that little really awkward sort of wave between the two of them. It it just kind of sums up it sums up where their relationship is and it's I think it's really poignant. It is, yes, it's lovely. Um loved all of that stuff with Blackfish. Start to finish over the last three episodes, I think all of it has been absolutely brilliant, yeah. really well handled. Um and we get it, it adds something to the general story as well, which is great. Um yeah. what's not great and what is absolutely the worst thing in this episode to the point where I, I swore, um we're back over with Tyrion and there's his implication there's a siege outside, which we don't really see, short of a few kind of was, establishing yeah, we see, shots. Yeah, we, we get these shots of the ships uh, throwing fireballs or catapulting yeah. fireballs into the, uh, into the city. Um, so we get all of that and then all you know, of One thing I don't understand with that, actually, right? I am a slaver. I see the people in that city as my property. Mm-hmm. Why am I flinging fireballs into it? I'm going to kill the fuckers. Uh, yeah, I get where you're coming from. I think it's more of a case of, well, if we can't have you, nobody can. Yeah, it's, kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's a show of force, isn't it? But yeah, it's, it's one of those that they gave them seven years to get rid of their slaves. That means they get seven years of, you know, of, of free labour, but instead they're going to burn them all alive. Yeah, you think Little you'd do it after six years and... Yeah, you get, months, you, get them, you? you get them back into your house and then you brand them and you whip them and mm-hmm. you, 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 you basically turn them into reeks so they don't want to leave. Yeah, but that's not what happens. Instead, they lay siege and it gets taken care of off screen. And then Danny just wanders in like, ta-da, here I am. And we cut to commercial. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really awkward. And I mean, it's, it's fucking it's quite, weird. It's comically handled as well, because you, you've you got, you know, you, you've seen the, the, um, the ships flinging the fireballs and all the rest of it. Obviously, you, you're not hearing explosions and stuff. You just know there's a, just a general rumble of stuff going on in the background, and then there's there's almighty bang, and the pyramid starts shuddering. I yeah. think, well, okay, that something's hit the pyramid, and then you hear the most ludicrous footsteps, and they reminded me of the scene right at the start of Glorious Bastards, where um, Christopher Walsh's character is walking through the kitchen, and they're yeah. all hiding in the cellar. Yeah, yeah, you get and these it's just big, so heavy thuds. These big heavy thuds, but they're so overpronounced as footprints. You know exactly what they are. Yeah, and then it's supposed to be this big thing that you know Danny walks in, and you're not not expecting it. So hang on, who else is on the roof? It's not fucking Santa Claus, is it? <laughs> it's just fucking ridiculous. This whole scene is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Um, and I'll be honest, I hadn't even really clocked the big thud in footsteps. Which it might be my my thing. I may have still been writing, but I was just like, hang on a minute, where the fuck did she come from? And like, okay, we get it. She's covered. She's fucking taken out all the ships on her dragon because that's what she does. Well, she hasn't yet the ship. No, but she's going to. All right, yeah. so she's so showing up. Yeah, that's what Again, it's but, that talk, that talk force, isn't it? Yeah, but again, it nothing is explicitly implied, is it? It's just like, oh, here's Danny. Like yeah, Danny's back. Yeah. yeah, like we don't even get to see their reaction to it because we get straight to commercial. So it's fucking ridiculous. Why not just save well, but, it for next but, week? Uh, but again, it, it's stupid because it's HBO. There are no commercials, so they've decided to cut there. It's not as if they've cut there out of necessity. They've decided that is the place to cut. Well, yeah, I mean, international markets will have commercials, so maybe they still have to put in scene breaks there. To be um, fair, I, I don't. I, I, I may be generalising, but I don't think American TV makers, when they're working for HBO, I think they go for the HBO model. I don't think they care about anybody else. I don't know. Um, I know it, with Sky, for instance, they have to put their commercial breaks. They have a very specific set yeah. of guidelines where they yes, have to go. Sky do, but and that's why you notice with Sky a lot of the time they're cut mid scene. Yes, which is which is 
yeah sort of so a, i mean that's what that's why i mean i i don't i don't think this was done for commercial because because american filmmakers for hbo don't tend to worry about it because you know hbo is their customer and it's so yeah. they but it just it just seems really weird that you know, for the sake of what would have been what a couple of a couple of extra seconds yeah they um, they really at the end of the scene yeah and, and whether it's whether it's a cut to commercial or not just the scene just doesn't it, the cut just doesn't work. Yeah, it's, it just, it's it just not stuff from the scene. Yeah, it's, it's fucking ludicrous. Um, so yeah, whatever. Fucking, I'm just gonna forget that happened until we next see him. To be honest, because it, it it goes nowhere in this episode. Yeah. Uh, more great stuff with the hound. You know, drop that arrow, you bloody girl. Yeah. Just actually, actually saying that. Saying that. I mean, talking about Danny coming back before we move on. Uh, last time we saw her, yes, she was riding a dragon, but she had fucking thousands of. Dothraki behind her. Yes. That is how you reintroduce her. Yeah, with you with know, all of it, them riding behind her to scare off the fucking Yeah, so you've, yeah. you've you've got yes, okay, they're they're fleeing catapults from the from the uh from the bay, but they're gonna land as well. So have them land, much like you did with um Tywin at the Blackwater. Yeah. Have them fucking swoop in and save the day. I know, have them be on the verge of being overrun. Have it going horrifically wrong. Have you know, Grey Worm right in the middle of it in mortal fucking peril. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you hear a shriek and all of a sudden the Dothraki come in doing their um, Native American catcalls and all the rest of it and come into a battle. That's that's how you reintroduce a character, not pretend to be fucking Santa Claus. Yeah, and it's it's odd that they don't do that because they take absolutely every other opportunity to use the dragon as the big magic bullet in this well, show. Yeah, exactly. So to not do it here is seems odd, but it, yeah, I totally agree. That's how you do it. That's how you get maximum effect, but that's not what happens because we just have to move pieces, Mark. We just have to move pieces. She needs to be back there. She's got other places that she needs to be as well. well. Yeah, so we, let's we, get her back there quickly. We've got a lot of set pieces next week, so we need. You no, know, we can't. Uh, we can't. We can't shoot yeah. out too early. Yep. Uh, so then over we go to the Hound, as I say, great stuff again. Yes. Drop the arrow, you girl. You know, just his reaction with all of them. Just the utter, don't give a shit about anything that's going on with you guys. Don't give a yeah. shit about your gods. Don't give a fuck. Just, I want to kill these people. Get out of my fucking yeah. way. I said, even before Brilliant. the bit with the arrow, where he just walks up and they're like, fucking hell, it's, it's Clegane. And he's yeah. like, just get out of the fucking way. I want to kill these motherfuckers. Yeah. And no, there are, no, there are men. We're going to hang them. They drive down names in the mud. I don't give a fuck about your name. They kill my friend. Get out of the way. And they, you know, he argues up that you know, he can kill two of them. And he's like, well, I'm gonna, I'm... then he gets the axe. No, we're, we're not butchers. We're, we're going to hang them. Really? Can I just cut a finger off? Can I cut? And it, again, it's, it's it's at odds with the scene because the scene should be tense. Yeah. But his delivery and his lines are so fucking comical. They, they just completely use it straight away. They do, and, and I think what again, he's another character now that's that's grown slightly over over the course of the show, and yeah. and I do only mean slightly because he's always been this kind of. He's always been a surly character, hasn't he? Yeah, this this surly kind of man mounting kind of character, but I think what he's kind of grown into, um, rather than being surly, as we've got to know him more, is he's just become more kind of world weary than anything yeah. else. It's it's that kind of. I mean, obviously, he's, he's a lot more hardened than this, but it's that almost same kind of Indiana Jones energy of just like, yeah. I have just not got time for this shit. Yeah. Just, and, and I think that's what, that's why he's so refreshing. When everybody else is obsessed with their mission and getting the, you know, whether they've got to beat the White Walkers or whether they've got a list with everyone to kill or whether they want the throne, they're all obsessed and they're all constantly moving forward, pushing towards that goal, or at least should be uh, when they show us firing all cylinders. Whereas the hound is just like, look, I don't give a fuck. 
just yeah. get out of my way and let me kill. It's that simple. I just want to kill these people and then maybe I'll go and eat some chicken. Yeah. Just I'll, I'll be on my I'm way. Done with this shit. Yeah. And it it's it's great. I, I really fucking I love him, honestly. He's yeah. brilliant. Um and then you know, we we get, as I said, we get explicitly told to us here in this conversation. They say to him, You walked away from the fight. Except he didn't, did he? That's what we need to see. Well, yeah, that's, that, that's the it. Thing we a, need I mean, to see is him walking away from the fight and going, No, I'm done. Well, that was it because I mean, even last week when he's talking to Lovejoy, it was like you know, um, when when he was saying oh, that um, Lovejoy was saying you know you were left for dead. I don't know. I thought you wouldn't die on the side of the road. Then I thought you'd be dead in three days because the bone was popping out. Your he hasn't walked away. He lost yeah. and was left for dead. That's not the same as walking away. What we needed was last was as and as I said last week, the, the bit with that whole fucking commune community bit. That if that had taken place. The same, more or less the same amount of input, but over the space over the space of three weeks, where we could have built that up to a point where he has made a conscious decision, and we can see he's made a decision because actually, they, you know, there could have been threats or there could have been infighting, which he then breaks up rather than cheers one on or whatever or gets involved or whatever else. We need, you know, we we could we could have quite easily seen him in a couple of scenes of no more than four minutes. Yeah. But over the course of a couple of weeks, we could have seen actually that yes, he has changed. Yes. yes, you know. Yes, he is now looking to avoid the fight. No, he no, presumably because he doesn't want to fucking die, and yeah. he came that close before. But as you said, because it all happened off screen, and we didn't see any of it yet again. It's very hard to buy into what he's selling. It is. It definitely. Um, he gets away with it because the character is easy to grasp. Yeah. And uh, unlike Reek, who isn't. Um, you know, it, it's it's an easy leap to take. I just feel that you know, and we talked about this ad nauseum last week, so I won't I won't go into too much detail again now, but. It's an easy leap to take, but it would have been so much more effective had we spent the time on it. Um, nevertheless, what we do get here is good, and it's you know it's good to see Beric and everybody again as well. Um, it's good. I like it. It's yeah, all good stuff. Um, okay, let's get uh, let's get into it then. Um, <laughs> let's get. We've 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 exchanged messages about this earlier on as well, which maybe when we come to it, you might. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, go, we'll, go th- we'll go through it and then I'll, I'll read the quote I sent you because, yeah. fuck me, I mean, I, I knew it anyway, but my fucking blood boiled. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, okay, so first of all then, Arya, um, we get a scene again between uh, the actress and Arya and then we hear this thud. And I, I will say, just Arya finds her body in just the most gruesome fucking position. I think yeah, I was, I was trying to work out what... Oh, my God. Yeah, so was I. She's, like, bent double with her neck snap, seemingly. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of like this... It, it almost looks like... I don't know if it's her arms and the way she's positioned, but it almost looks like there's something sticking through her as well, but they're not knives. Yeah, it's... Oh. It's really weird. I, 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 it took me a while to work out what that was. It's horrific. It's like something out of a fucking horror movie. Um, and, of course, it's the Waif. The fucking... The Terminator has found her. Um, yes. So now, so Arya, right? A couple of things here straight off the bat. First of all, Arya is very fucking sprightly for somebody, for somebody that pretty much bled out yesterday. Yeah, yeah, she's very fucking sprightly. Um, so well, maybe that, that one was really good at sewing. Maybe, but that that pulled me out of it straight away. But, but again, looking you know, looking at your your logic, the way she flies over that that balcony rail, and mm-hmm. well, she goes. It's only it's only one story, isn't it? So you still, but you're yeah. still talking four meters. The way she lands, that's at least one broken ankle. Yeah, yeah, totally. It, it, this this but, loses all credibility immediately, though, because she can't be fucking running. She could barely walk yesterday. Well, she, I mean, even even when she's in the bed, she can't move. Yeah. Like, okay, you can argue a certain amount for adrenaline and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but no, that only gets you so far. Yeah, she's not fucking Wonder Woman. No. So the, I don't buy this, okay? 
But more than any of that, even that that's just stupid bullshit that's pulled me out of it. So you've got to work to get me back in now. But yeah. straight away, when I start looking at things, then and, and this is the big one for me, like running weakens her character. Why is she running? Like, OK, I know she ultimately has a plan, um, but I, I don't think that's something she knows right now. I think that that's very much something that she's come up with out of necessity. On yeah, the she, yeah, that's on the fly. But I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. Running doesn't suit because even since she was a little girl in the first season, she has never run. She's fucking scrappy, dude. Yes, it's not her. It's not her to run away. She would just absolutely front up to the wave and okay, maybe come close to death again and then escape. Yeah, but then she run away. Definitely wouldn't fucking run. And no, if you want to get her, to, no, if you want to get her to that place where she's scared and she wants to run, then okay, that's interesting for the character because it shows us that she's not invulnerable and infallible. But you haven't done the work to get us there because we've only seen her in the bed twice, and actually, the kick in she took last week seems to have barely phased her. Physically, well, yeah. So, I mean, not only that. I mean, we've not, we've only seen them sparring with weapons. What yeah. you want is that down and dirty cross point blank fight between them. You absolutely where, do. Yeah. No, one, no, she twats one over the head with a bedpan. The other one picks up an ashtray. They throw chairs at each other. You know, because they have, they're not armed to the teeth. Yeah. That's no, you what want. you. That's what you need. That's no. That's what you need for these two master assassins. Is that you need actually them to fight and to probably slug it out to a point where. They probably are at a stalemate or possibly tipped slightly towards the wave. And then no, then she fucking runs. That is what you need here. It needs... Um, well, it needs to be completely... It needs to be completely different. Yeah, but just to give it a touch point for... Um, I'm sure some of our listeners will have watched it as well. It, it needs to echo the kind of fight you get at, uh, the end of, at, the, at the end of a season of Cobra Kai, for instance, at mm. the end of season two, where all of a sudden everybody's a fucking master of karate. So they just start wailing on each other with everything to hand because every punch and kick is going to be blocked because your yeah. opponent's also a master of karate. So you just start beating the shit out of each other with anything you can put your yeah. hands on. Um, that's kind of what it needs to be. You're dead right. Um, now, again, more just more ridiculous shit. There's so much ridiculous shit just from a, a technical standpoint before we even get into the storytelling side of it. But the Waif runs silently along the wall behind Arya in what is actually quite a nice shot, right? Quite yeah. effective. She's running silently again. She's a fucking Terminator. Then she jumps off the wall and does it like this fucking almighty thud when she lands and screams. Well, I'm not being funny. Yeah, <laughs> right. again, you're this master assassin would-be fucking ninja and all the rest of it, right? You've got the jump on her. You know, you can see where she is. She has no idea where you are. You are running from, you know, you've got the high ground. You've got the vantage point. So why, instead of jumping and shrieking and landing 20 feet behind her and giving her a chance to run, why did you not get ahead of her and jump while and she's... Cut her off. Cut yeah, her off. Point. Either cut her off or let her carry on walking. But you're at a point where because she's still walking as you're jumping, she kind of comes underneath you and you land right on her back. That yeah. no, that that shows your level of training and your le level of, of ability. Because for all we've had of, you know, she's fucking Jacken's favourite and she's, you know... She, she's she's the one that she, he trusts to go and do all the all the, the jobs and all the rest of it. She really screws the pooch on this one. She really does, and actually, you know, she doesn't need to do any of that. I mean, you've already you've already said it. Like, all she needs to do is is just stay where she is. She's got the high ground. It's over. Like, it's she doesn't have to do anything. It's over. She's got the high ground. Um, but it, she, she, this this is all mighty thud, and then a bunch of oranges tip over and roll down the stairs. Now, look, well, the, if, you're again, going the, the, there, if you're going there, then you can't pull that reference out of the bag and not follow through. Yeah. That is that is just one of the most famous, like, symbols in fucking motion picture history. You don't pull that out of the bag and not follow through. 
Yeah. But I mean, I, I, again, I mean, even even taking that side out of it, the the way she gets to that point where she flings herself over this um, over this sort of I want to call it a railing, but it's not quite, is it? No. And and I then she go, she has this massive flight and then lands stomach down because obviously you no, know, that's going to be more impactful where she was stabbed nineteen million times last week, and then she rolls down and knocks all the oranges over and rest it, and she's lying there, but because because the because the wave is so poorly realized. You know, again, they try to set up this, this master assassin, so you don't casually stroll down the steps where there are thousands of people trying to pick up their wares with a knife in your hand towards a girl who is clearly in trouble. Yeah, she makes no effort to blend in. She makes no effort to rush, and I, I get it. They do it to you know, to increase the threat to her and all the rest of it. But again, your lo- your logic tells you 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 do not walk through the streets of a busy city with a knife in your hand. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Everything about this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, we haven't yeah. got to the whisper yet. Oh, no, no, we really haven't. Right, so, yeah, she lands on her stomach and then runs off into an alleyway. Yeah, um, so now she realises she... she's bleeding. And, no, she's, yeah, she's, yeah. So, and the way they set it up is, again, they set it up that she, don't, no, she doesn't realise she's leaving a trail, which, of course, she does because she's not a fucking moron. Yeah, this is she's thinking on the flight. But even so, with all of that, because of the way they've set it up, mm-hmm. I, and she doesn't realise... and, and we, the, the key here is that we don't follow Arya, we follow the wife. So we see it from her point of view. Okay, so the setup is yes that Arya is bleeding and she's run into this fucking hovel, whatever it is. Yeah. And then the first thing we see when the waif goes in is a lit candle. Now, who the fuck lit that fucking candle? Well, yeah, that's it. Is it a magic candle that's been burning since Arya was in there at the end of last week? Because because Arya hasn't had time to light that fucking candle. And where's she? Where's she keeping a box of matches? Yeah, who the fuck lit that candle? That is really that annoyed me almost as much as the fucking chandeliers. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, who the fuck? I, I I seem to have a recurring annoyance here now with lamp like fire, do you? There, there's something about lamplighters in this universe that fucks me off. All right. <laughs> um, but so who? Right, who lit the fucking candle first of all? And then obviously we get the reveal that okay, if this is Arya's plan. This is what. Yeah, she's this is happened. this is her lair. She's lured her in. Needless, that's the top off the candle because she's got needle. Right, but okay, right. However, every time she has done anything without her eyesight, when she yep. couldn't see and she was entirely yep. dark, she was fucking useless. Yep, that's exactly my note. In fact, those are my exact words. Aya was fucking useless when she was blind. Why would this work? Yeah, like... why, why all of a sudden is she relying on this? Why is this her advantage all of a sudden when it never was before? And especially when it was the waif who was training her at that point as well. Yes. And she never bested her, not once. So we uh, can't I, I know the, arg- the argument would be that you know, she was used to being you know, unable to see and the wave wasn't. However, as I said, she was training her, so she would know all of her moves. She would know her, defense- her defensive moves. She would know her stance, all this sort of stuff. So it makes no sense to do this as your play. If anything, you run under an anvil. Yeah, this is, this is nonsense. If, if we'd seen, Gro- and we talked about this at the time as well, when she was doing the training with the, with the sort of, uh, without her eyes and stuff. Yeah. If that had led to something, if that had... If that if it had shown us that that had categorically made her a better assassin and that she could use the force essentially, yeah. then fine. But it didn't. It never did. And so now you can't pull it out of the bag as though it did because yeah. you didn't show us this. Yeah, this, you, again, this is not a skill that she gathered. No, and it's not a skill she even no, we she was even close to gathering. That's the problem is that she, her eyesight was restored before she had a chance. Therefore, she didn't master this. No, absolutely not. So. There's no reason this should work. No. The most annoying thing about all of this, though, is we don't even see the fucking fight. Yes. 
or hear it or anything. Yeah, like we need something. And again, typical Game of Thrones, what they want is the big reveal in the next scene. They want ta-da! Yeah. And look, they technically they pull that off really well. They do, they except do. it's really difficult to tell whose face it is because there's so much blood on it. Yeah, but they, you know, that that reveal is nice, but it would be better if we'd have seen at least some of the fight. Yeah. Like, or, or even the start of it. Yeah. Or even, you know, you get them, you get them almost a stalemate. Or you even get to the point where Aya's got the waif on the floor and it's like, is she going to kill her or not? Is she going to... And let us think that she's going to let her live for a minute out of some begrudging respect. And then there's her face. Um, but they don't do any of that. And we're, we're starved this fucking showdown that they've been building up to all... Well, for two fucking for seasons, two essentially. And we're completely starved of that. So that's fucking annoying. Okay. Most annoying, though, is we get... Right, so we get the discussion with Jack and Agar. So finally now, a girl is no one after all of this. Yeah. Finally, he comes out and a girl is no one. Uh, why? Why all of a sudden? And why the smirk? Why is well, she this no it, This now? is it. What, and what? I, I've got a quote here from one of the Wonder Twins. I can't remember which one it is. And he's like, I is telling Jack, putting the face on the wall, the account is settled. We're good here, but now I'm going to walk away. She knows what his answer is going to be. The implication is that he's rooting for her to be who she is. Right. But that now, doesn't fucking make sense. That doesn't no. track with anything we've had in the last two years. Not, not only does it not make sense, um, it, it, it this communicates the exact opposite of that, I think. Yeah. You know, his, his smirk insinuates that this was the plan all along. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, like, like you said, like he was supposed to take her on this journey so <laughs> that she realises that she's Arya Stark of Winterfell. But she started as Arya Stark of Winterfell. Yeah, and she never left she being Arya Stark of Winterfell. She didn't need it. So it's the complete opposite here. He's, he's put her through all of this stuff just to go like, ah, yeah, now we're back where you started. It's just well, some, this, weird, this it. it's some weird circular narrative. But it's definitely like, that feels to me, that that quote, and I don't know um, where, where you pulled it from. I'm, I'm not sure of the context, but it feels to me, having been in this room many times, as I'm sure you will have been as well, that feels to me, like somebody's explaining a piece of work to somebody that pulled something out of it and they've gone, oh, yeah, yes, yes, I definitely intended yeah, I for that. That was yeah. absolutely, and that's what it feels like. You know, as somebody that's that's had to produce many an avant-garde piece of work in order to get my degrees um, and, and have produced such work since, I can tell you now when an audience reads something, that you didn't intend, but you actually think is quite profound. There ain't a person out there that isn't going to jump on it and go, "Yep, that, yeah, definitely. You, de I definitely meant to do that." And that's what that quote feels like to me because that definitely comes through here, but it's not half as clever as they think it is. No, because and, and it the, doesn't work. No, and the reason I mean, we've said this all along. We've said this for the last two seasons, and obviously we, we get the bit. So, are, are you finished up? Where a girl's not knowing, a girl is Arya Stark. And I'm going home. And I like I like the way she goes from a girl to I. That's really yeah. well done. That night. I like that. But we've said this for the last two seasons. She has always been Arya Stark. She's always remained true to Arya Stark. Never at any point, even when she's doing her training and she's learning to be an assassin and she goes on the missions, never is she able to put aside the fact that she is Arya Stark and she has a list and she is going to kill all these motherfuckers. Yeah. Never has that gone away. And we said when she when she got there, like she hit needle and she hit no, she hit her possessions. And you know, went, and then she she killed uh, Meryn Trant. All of that says, you know what? I have always been, and I will always be Arya Stark. And then we get this stuff at um, at the start of this episode with Lady Crane, which is like, 
well, east is Esos and west is Westeros, but what's west of Westeros? And this whole thing, that doesn't come from no one. No one has no aspirations. No one has no dreams. This yeah. is clearly a girl who's always got her eye, no, her eye on something. Yeah. So, and this is what really boiled my piss, is that it's, um, uh, D.B. Weiss made the quote, says, Arya finally tells us something that we've kind of known all along. She's not no one. She's Arya Stark of Winterfell. Well, fucking duh. I mean, we've been saying that for fucking two seasons worth but, now. But I mean, that's not like he's like there's some big insight there. That's what they meant all along. Well, okay, that's fine. Except, what was the fucking point? Why have you wasted two years of my time? That, that that's the problem. That goes nowhere. I mean, let's just let's just break this down slightly, okay? So she started as Arya Stark, and then they told her that she was no one. She went through this whole training regime where she learned nothing. Okay, so she's in a foreign land. It's cost her money. She's learned nothing. She kills some people for them. So people are dead as a result of this now because to, to indulge them. Okay, she loses her sight. She learns nothing from losing her sight. The waif, who is, as best we can understand, prior to Arya coming along, Jacques and Agar's protege, uh, which is the whole fucking jealousy thing that's going yeah. on between them, uh, dies as a result of this. Or because he decided to fuck around with Arya for the best part of two years. Well, actually, for the best part of five years, because he's been doing it since season two. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not counting that stuff because she didn't go to him for help at that point. No. But yeah, the whole, the whole her going there, him training, like nothing, it, it hasn't she learned nothing. nothing. She, yeah, she hasn't grown at all. Nothing has changed for her. No, nothing at all. All it's done is waste time. Yeah. It's it's almost like and again, this may be from the books, it may be from the show, I don't know, but it's almost like they kind of went right. We need to do something with her so people don't forget about her. So when she is important, mm. people know who the fuck she is. And it it's, again, it's it's maybe that. Um, I think it's more likely, just as with everything else in this episode, of fuck, we've got two seasons. She can't be over there. We need to get her back on the mainland. So mm. just just wrap it up. Wrap it up. Just fucking do it. Wrap it up. And that's what it feels like. Move her. Wrap it up and move her. She needs to go back. But she needs to be with John and Sansa. She she does. And I think this is the frustrating bit, certainly with this storyline, is that and we, we ha- we'll have this thing, I think it's the end of the 10th episode of this season, whereby people are travelling at the same time to then be in the same place at the same time. But other than that, we don't know. I mean, Varys moves very quickly between places which, excuse me, historically have taken weeks to get between. So time isn't an issue anyway. And until they're occupying the same air, it does not fucking matter. No, no. So you could, you, could, you could have this happen at the end of the, 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 the last episode of season six and still have her start season seven where she starts season seven. Season seven. You can do that because she's not in the same place as anyone else. You don't know how far away she is. You don't know how long it takes to travel. You don't know the, 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 the internal logic, the, the world. and you don't, We don't know any of that. So she could quite easily say, actually, I'm only the other side of the Bristol Channel. I can nip over in an hour. Yeah. But no, because they want to have this big, and I'm sure it's the end of the season whereby... Danny and Tyrion and Varys are on a boat. Arya's on a different boat. Jon is somewhere with the wind fucking sweeping his hair and all the rest of it, so he looks kind of similar to everybody else. It's just so they can have that that triumvirate of shots, whereby it's like, oh, look, aren't we clever? We're going to put all these stories together. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's incredibly annoying. This is the show at its most annoying and has been, you know... Well, I, I've I've lost count of the amount of times we've moaned about this storyline. I fuck it. I I despise it even more so than the sparrows. This is my least favorite storyline in the whole show. Well, it was, it's like, a close Arya... tie between this and the sparrows, but yeah. it's, it's definitely this. Yeah, like Arya has always been one of my favorite characters. Like from my first watch, um, and even up until the point where she, where she went to uh, Braavos, Arya was always one of my favorite characters. 
But this, certainly during this rewatch, you're looking at this and going, why are you doing that? What is the benefit of doing that? What is the point of doing that? Where, how, even if it's negative, how are you growing or how are you learning from it? Nothing happens. So as I said to you in my text earlier, what was the fucking point, you bunch of cunts? Nothing. There was no point to this, which is what I've been saying since day fucking one of this storyline. It's a waste of fucking time. Um, all of this time could have been better spelt, spent elsewhere. Um, you could have found a million and one other things for Arya to do. Hmm. Just it's a complete waste of screen time. It's it's a fucking disgrace, to be honest, this storyline. Yeah. It really is. Total waste of time. And this is the type of shit that really annoys me. Like yeah. if you were to if you were to add up the sum total of all the minutes we've watched this storyline, it's probably only about an hour to an hour and a half. But you know, that's time I could be having a shit or something <laughs> else. Do you know what I mean? Like, I could be doing a million and one more beneficial and entertaining things than watching this fucking drivel. And that's what this is. This is poorly executed fucking drivel. Yeah. It's rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Bottom tier, scraping the bottom of the barrel, out of ideas, rubbish. And it's a shame when the rest of this episode, part of Danny's fucking comical entrance, has been just absolutely top draw. But, you know, you have to play the the hand you're dealt. And I guess stuff had to be had to be done here with with Arya and we had to round the storyline up. But it's a shame because that actually it brings the episode down for me so much um, that I I kind of level out at at this being a good episode and, and okay to good. Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, without that, I think we'd be on to another stormer here. I, I yeah. think we'd be talking about how fantastic it is and all the characters have moved on. But it's just, we get that so fucking poor. The stuff with Danny is pointless and poor. Um, the Tyrion well, yeah. scene is good, but it's, again, ultimately pointless. Well, yeah, so, I mean, that, that scene is kind of, the, the stuff with Danny is annoying because there there are a million ways they could have done that next week and devoted the time to it. Because next yes. week they do devote the time to it. Yeah. So absolutely. they didn't need any of it here. No, 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 absolutely not. Um, so it, so this leaves me at it being a good episode. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd I enjoy I mean, the majority of it. Yeah, it it's, it's the upper end. Took of a nosedive. Yeah, 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 definitely. You just took a fucking massive nosedive at the end. Well, it, um, I mean, for me, the the last scene, but well, the, the the scenes with with Arya and you know, that I'm no, I'm I'm I you know, a girl is Arya Stark. All that is fine. It's passable for the story we've got because I mean the story is shit anyway. But it's passable within the confines of that. However, you just cannot you cannot get past the point. Or I certainly can't get past the point that nothing has happened. In, we've we've had a two year fucking detour basically on yeah. our story because she doesn't need to do any of this. No, it's fucking terrible. It's inexcusable. Absolutely inexcusable. Um, it's horrendously poor storytelling. It's a waste of everyone's time. It's certainly a waste of talent. Yeah. Maisie Williams is way better than anything she's been given to do here. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, just go and get fucked, really, is my response to this entire storyline. I hate it. Yeah. Absolutely you know, hate it. The only positive is that it's done. Uh, yeah, took the words out of my mouth. I was going to sum up with that. The, the, the one good thing we've got out of this episode is that we don't have to fucking deal with this anymore. Yeah, uh, I, I, I did fuck. laugh, actually. Um, did you watch the um, the documentary that was on Sky that HBO did uh, there the week after it finished? Um, no, it's still it's still on it's still on it, um, now TV, but I've just yeah. not got around to watching it. it is, it's, it's really good, but they were, they were talking about how the some of the fact that when they were prepping the the, the eighth season, they took um, Faye Marzi and the guy who played Jack Nagar, um, they took them out to Croatia, right, um, and out, and they moved them around to Croatia and to Spain to all the places where where filming was going on, so that 
people might no people wouldn't realize what was going on and people might think they were still in it they were still alive there was more more for the storyline to do and one of the best theories i heard was that actually the waif killed Arya and took her face i have heard that theory before yeah and and it's one of those you you think okay well that's plausible except a they don't do anything with it and b it then doesn't track with everything Arya does from this point forward and c the waif's fucking face is on the pedestal anyway well yeah but i mean if you look at you look at the way it's presented because obviously you know, it's it's all bloody and you know, she's done a really fucking crappy job of cutting it off that it could be anybody. Yeah, but you wouldn't cut your own fucking face off. No, that's it. That's 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 it's that's the, a fucking lunatic move. That's yeah, like it, that's it's, Joker it's, level it's, crazy. Yeah, it, it's it's the QAnon of fan theories, really, isn't that? Yeah, it's fucking bollocks. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I, I, the, the fact they took them to the locations to try and throw people off, I think that was a good move by the showrunners. And they did that with a couple of different people who died. They they put them in. They strategically put them on certain flights so they'd be seen, and they the, they were staying in the same hotels, or they would know they were on set and stuff like that. So that was that's all. No, that's all. Re- it's that's really, all really good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's like really that. good stuff. But these these fan theories, and there were fucking loads of them with Game of Thrones, and there was loads of them while it was going on as well. And they they annoy me. Um, and and I'm sorry if you're one of those people that enjoyed theorizing about where the show was going. Um, because I get it. You know, I'm I'm fully I'm like balls deep in the WandaVision theories at the moment. All right, yes. I'm, I love it. Like, I, but here's the thing: those theories capture my attention because all of the work is there in that fucking show. All right, and and everything that we need to come to the conclusions on those theories is being given to us. And it yes. might be that some of them are red herrings. Quite a lot of them are, I think, actually. Yeah. All right, and and that's that's where those theories become interesting. The problem with this fucking show is theories like that one make no fucking sense. And the only reason people jump to that theory is because we don't have enough narrative to inform us to make yeah. a reasoned conclusion. The fucking say, work hasn't been done. There's that and the fact that because the show has been entirely based on shock and awe for the last six seasons, yeah. you wouldn't put anything past these cuts. No, exactly. So so you could literally, you could have got to the last shot of the show and she could have peeled her face off and everybody would have accepted it. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that's just wrong though, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's it because I mean, everything she does from this point forward, it's all Arya Stark. Mm. So yeah. for it to be the waif in disguise doesn't make any sense. No, I mean, look, it adds weight to the conversation with Jack and Hagar. Yes. And that, I, maybe that's just people grasping at straws to make sense of that conversation, to make right. this storyline mean something. Um, but no. if that ultimately was what it is and, and what people insist it's going to be, then you fucking have to show Arya's dead fucking body. <laughs> well, that's it. So at some point, it needs to pay off, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. So, yeah, a lot of the Game of Thrones fan theories just wound me up even more because I'm like, yes, but you are basing that on nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend for that reason to avoid them because they it's normally people who are invested in particular characters or invested in particular parts of the narrative that don't want to let go or they don't want it to end in a way that they don't like. Yes. And so I tend to avoid them if I can. I mean, I, same as you, I can't I can't avoid the WandaVision ones at the moment. I, I, I'm not seeking them out because they're just fucking there. Yeah. But when you read them, they're, they're all plausible. Yes. Yeah, they make perfect sense. And some of them, um, you know, no spoilers because people might not be current, but some of them have now come to pass, and yeah. the way that they've come to pass has made perfect sense. But yes. then there are a lot of them that have just turned out to be complete red herrings as well, and yeah. that that's a whole different kind of genius when you can yes. weave red herrings in that way. Watchmen did that excellent, yes, like better did. than any show I've ever seen. Yeah, like you know, you want to see how to pull this shit off? Just watch Watchmen, essentially. Um, but this doesn't just doesn't put the work in. Simple as that. 
But I mean, I don't I, even know a, fr- a friend of mine. Well, I say a friend of mine. It's uh, somebody we know through um, number one school. She's a parent of a friend. She had never seen it. So during this last lockdown where she was furloughed, she just went right. Fuck it. I got nothing else to. Do. I'm going to watch Game of Thrones. And she blitzed the entire eight season run in about three weeks. Right. So no credit to her. She probably fucking hammered it. But she's now all all we see from her on Facebook and more is oh, oh well no Jon Snow this and Ramsay that and I was like yeah okay but what do you, you know does it actually make any sense and then she she she's dug out some absolute stinkers of stuff that really hasn't held up but she's trying no she's reading stuff about season four because she's watching series four she's reading read stuff about season five because that's what she watched but she's posting stuff so yeah we all know that's bollocks we all know that's not where it goes yeah and it's but there's so much of it and it's such an the, the the internet is a wonderful thing, but it's also a sack of shit because well, it's unregulated, yeah. and so many people have access to stuff that they just put out what the fuck they like, much like us twice a week. But you you look at some of it, you think, well, hang on, how where have you got that from? How does that translate to what you're seeing on screen or what you're reading on a page? I mean, there's um, I, I even remember fucking years ago, and no, show how far back we're going, but when um, I think it was the fifth Harry Potter book came out the one where she hadn't written one for a couple of years and the the, the um, all of a sudden stuff was coming out and then even stuff that people are even posting theories now we think mm-hmm. the series is finished yeah we, don't, we know how it went but yeah. people are just intent on putting shit down because they've had a brain fart at some point oh well, what what about this no that literally didn't happen because what did happen is in book six and book seven or in this case is in season six seven and eight i just have for fuck's sake just no don't get me wrong. I'm all for crit- I'm all for criticism. I'm all for critical discourse. I'm all for reviews and all the rest of it. But at some point, you've got to just say, "Look, this is what the product is. It's finished. We're not a. We're not going to go back and rewrite and reshoot the ending because that's just fucking ludicrous and really disrespectful." Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're going to apply, if you're going to try and make a theory of it, and again, if, if somebody's watching it for the first time, you're going, "Well, hang on." Jon Snow is actually a White Walker in disguise. Discuss. Okay, fine. Let's have a discussion about it. What are you basing it on? Oh, I don't know. I just thought it'd be fun. It, this is no, the thing. No, that's like... not how it works. If you have evidence, you have something to back it up, you have a, a reason for thinking that, then fine. And I will, no matter how batshit crazy your theory is, if you can back it up, I'll read it. But if it's I'll, just, I'll... oh, no, I don't like it. I don't like that, so I'm going to change it. I, I think it's something different. That's not how it works. I'll have active discourse with you about it. Like I, I absolutely will. You, you're right. If there's if there's reasoning behind it, and look at the end of the day, if it brings you joy to sit there and theorize about really? these things, crack on because joy is a fucking rare thing in the world today. So by all means, you do you. All right, but be prepared for me to enter into discourse with you and tell you that your theory is a sack of shit and doesn't hold up, and don't get butt hurt about it when when you get proven wrong. Yeah, like it's... And, and that's the thing. It's it's the ability to actually say you're wrong because of this. It's not you're wrong because I don't like you. It's not you're wrong because I don't want. I no, I don't like your theory. It's you're wrong because this happened here. This happened here. That was said there. That was written there. This person did that. Once you get into that, there's no coming back from that. There's no argument to it. No, but the problem is Game of Thrones is wide open to just essentially conspiracy theorists because yeah. there's so yeah, it's so the poorly written in the first place. There's no work. There's gaps you could drive a fucking truck through. Like it's it's just open to this kind of horse shit theorizing. Yeah. Um, and and look again, if all of these people that want to write these theories, fine. I I can just avoid them. Especially now the show is not on, not on the air, so yeah. it's fine. But yeah, they do but, annoy the but piss I think, out. Of I think. I mean, thinking about it, the problem is because there are so many gaps and because there are so many things that didn't get answered. That in itself is leading to people trying to fill in the gaps. 
because that's what our brains do. Yeah, naturally, that's what you want to do. You want to like work out what's going on with the story. Yeah, Fuck and, again and, and to talk about it again. Like One Division has built its entire narrative around that. Like yes. we're gonna give you, and Watchmen did the same. Like we're gonna give you just enough, just enough for you to hang this story on. The yeah. rest, fill in yourself, and we'll tell you whether you're right or wrong. But at least they are telling us, and at least it ties together and makes sense. Yes, most and, of Game and, of Thrones does. The things they're not putting, the things they're not putting in, they're not putting in for a reason. And I mean, you look, you look at this, like, use one vision as an example. The stuff, the way, the way they're drip feeding stuff in now. Yeah, the timing is absolutely perfect. Yes, and yeah, well, the execution is perfect. Whereas in here. It's just, oh, shit, we didn't think of that. We, we need to fix that. Yeah, I mean, again, to go back to Watchmen, and I'll be careful of spoilers because there still might be some people out there that haven't watched that yeah. yet. If you haven't and you're listening to us, please do. It's one of the best TV series I think yes. has ever been made. It is phenomenal. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Compared but, to this, it's probably the, the best thing ever made. Yeah, it, It's not far off one of It's not far off. Anything. Anyway, there are some issues so, with it. Um, there are some. But, you know, this, again, in, in terms of, you know, people, when that was on, I was, I was current watching that, and there were all sorts of theories going around. And, again, we had enough work to support that. But the absolutely beautiful one, you get it in the penultimate episode. It might even be the last episode. I'm pretty sure it's the penultimate episode. There is something in that show that nobody picked up on in the theories and everybody was theorizing about a particular character and how they tie into the narrative. And it was all these things like he's on the fucking moon. He's here. He's there. He's there. There's all these things related to the specific character. And then when you get the reveal, you realize that something has literally been in every episode telling yes. you exactly where he is and what he has to offer the narrative. He has been hiding in plain sight all along. Yeah. And you just it makes you feel like an absolute fucking idiot. Yeah, you feel like an absolute wonderful way. It. Yeah. And that is fantastic storytelling. Yeah. Um, but that isn't what goes on here. That's nope. the problem. And that's what they think they're doing here. Yeah. And they're not. Yeah, no, you're right. And I, I think I mean you, you said it, I mean I, I mean I think I think we were wrapping up about twenty minutes ago and then we went off in a bit of a rabbit hole. But yeah, I think they think they're being cleverer than they are. Yeah. And yep. you know it's frustrating. And then obviously we've we've been saying this for two years, but I mean by the time this came, nobody was surprised that actually she's not known. Actually Arya is Arya. And yeah. she's gonna go home at some point. So this whole thing has been a complete waste of time. And I, by the time this story finished, I remember doing some reading at the time and Nobody was surprised by this. No, and I think we've... Well, surely the whole the po whole point of this is that it should be a surprise. She turns her back on it, but she doesn't because yeah. she was never in it in the first place. No, we've we've literally been screaming it into a microphone for twenty weeks almost. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, this shouldn't come as a surprise now. No, that's right. So, but yeah, there you go. That. Thankfully, it's fucking done. It drags this episode into the gutter, unfortunately. But the rest of the episode pulls it back up on its britches. So we end up with a decent, uh, as you say, top end of decent episode, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, as, as, as we always say, but I mean, particularly in this one, because I, mean, I, I do know people who like this particular storyline uh, with, with Arya. Um, but if you do disagree with us or you have uh, thoughts on it, please get in touch. Let us know, because I struggle to see how we've missed the point, but we may have done um, so yeah, get in touch uh, on Twitter at ddpodcastnet. You can go to our website ddpodcast.net where you can also get our previous episodes and our other shows. You can leave a message there or send us an email through that. Um, wherever you get your podcast from, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Music, etc. Uh, like, share, subscribe, uh, leave a message. We'll be back to you as soon as we can. On Facebook and YouTube with the Double M Podcast Network, so you can get in touch with us through there. Uh, but until next time, game over. <laughs> <laughs>